Hi, I'm Bob Ekblad. Welcome to my podcast, Disciple. Word, Spirit, Justice, Witness. Today is Ash Wednesday, and this begins the period of 40 days where the church has often focused on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And it ends on Holy Thursday, which is the night we remember Jesus' arrest and then his crucifixion the following day. So um, I want to read a scripture from Joel that is often read today. And it begins in Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart and with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments. And return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent, and leave a blessing behind him, even a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom come out of his room and the bride out of her bridal chamber. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. And do not make your inheritance a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they, among the people, say, Where is their God? So this scripture is um, famous text that is that is part of the lectionary reading for today and um i've been thinking about that but i've been focusing more today on actually reading um from luke and um i want to read from luke chapter 19 uh, jesus's lament and weeping when he comes into jerusalem and uh but prior to that i just want to take off from last week's session that i did on jesus's uh, raising of the boy in um, who's coming out of Nain, the only son of a, of a widow. You know, there we, we see Jesus saying, do not weep. And, um, you know, right prior to that, we have Luke chapter 6, you know, where Jesus is, um, is saying, uh, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. You know, which is really um, a very hopeful text for people who are mourning, who are grieving, who are in... Um, in hard straits. And then right after that, you have uh, woe to those who are well fed now, for you should be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. You know, so I don't think it's talking about like, uh, woe to you who have the joy of the Lord. But I think it's talking about woe to you who, where everything's going well for you and you're sort of in your flow, but um, not feeling the urgency in terms of your spiritual hunger and not uh, in a place of humble repentance. You know, that's the dangerous place of being in the fast life. And, you know, guys and women in the jail talk about that being the period when, you know, people are blind and deaf to God and they're just thinking about their pleasures. And and it's, uh, you know, it's living the fast life of the streets. And uh, there's all kinds of ways that we can do that. So now I just want to turn to, um, you know, Luke chapter 19, where we have um, Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And um, 
the text that I want to focus on is preceded immediately by this um, Jesus's triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. And, um, you know, they untie this, this colt, a donkey, and, and then they put Jesus on it, and um, they throw their coats on the colt. And as Jesus was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. And as soon as he was approaching, near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen. So this is clearly uh, praising God with a loud voice that is, that is a good thing. And um, here Jesus was, was moving down, um, down that mountain, which is uh, the Mount of Olives, which is immediately opposite Jerusalem. I was recently there in September um, of 2022 and spent some time up there and and I was really struck by how uh, when you're on the Mount of Olives you're you're really outside of the city and you're looking across um, the Kidron Valley to um, you know the the temple uh, the Temple Mount which is uh, behind a big wall that goes all the way around Jerusalem and and so when Jesus is going down um, down the Mount of Olives and in this procession and he has his disciples, Who've been with him? Who've been traveling? Who've who've witnessed his his many deeds of just coming alongside uh, the most broken people? You know, touching lepers and cleansing them, uh, resurrecting this only son of the widow of Nain, um, and giving him back to his mother, uh, proclaiming good news to the poor. You know, the all the stories in the first eighteen chapters of Luke, um, you know, are. Are ones that are just being, um, I guess, celebrated by by Jesus's devotees, you know, the disciples, and so they're going down and and they're shouting, "Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest." And um, some of the Pharisees in the crowd are said to Jesus, "Teacher, rebuke your disciples." But Jesus answered, "I tell you, if these became become silent, the stones will cry out." So this is a moment when Jesus should be celebrating. He's being um, lauded as the king that he is, you know, the, the king of kings and God's own son, the savior of the world. And it's so sad what, what comes next in verse 41. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. You know, Jesus saw this city that um, was the the place where all the religious leaders, the high priests, the, um, you know, the Romans, uh, you know, the, the chiefs, you know, the political people, the powerful people, um, you know, it was full of people that weren't Jesus's disciples necessarily. And Jesus is weeping over the city, which he sees, and he's weeping over it from this outsider status, you know, with others that are following him saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they've been hidden from your eyes. You know, I, I think about, um, you know, Jesus just, um, he's preaching everywhere and including in the temple and in the synagogues. And, you know, and, and he is lamenting here that uh, so many of the people weren't paying attention and um and now um it's too late it's uh, the things that make for peace 
are hidden from their eyes. And uh, today we were at Tierra Nueva and just talking about, um, you know, the just all the things that make for peace that, um, you know, that aren't being done. And we were lamenting together. Um, we were talking about just uh, all the homeless people that are in our community that are openly using fentanyl on the streets around um, the downtown of Mount Vernon or the Safeway, you know, shopping area and the place where we go on Friday nights and, and minister to people. And we were lamenting how, um, you know, last night we went out and talked to a bunch of them and they were, um, they were saying, you know, we're not, um, we're being hassled. There's five businesses here that have all come together and they're calling the police constantly on us and, and, um, and they're, they're forcing us to leave and, you know, they're waking us up if we're sleeping and they've taken all the garbage cans away and, um, and they've cut all the, um, the bushes down. So we, there's no, no shelter anywhere where we're not visible. And, you know, when they drive us out of the, these, these parking lots, then, um, they follow us to wherever we're going and they drive us out of that place. And we don't have anywhere to go, but they won't let us stay anywhere that we find. And um, we were just lamenting that, how, um, you know, how there's, the other day when we were out on the streets, we ran into one of our guys who's part of our faith community, who's been out using, and he was sort of hiding from us, but we found him and um, we had a great conversation with him. And he said, I want to go into detox. So we tried to get him into detox, but there weren't any beds. And this is something we lament, that there's not beds in the detox um, when people are ready and when they want it. There's nowhere for people to go. In fact, one of our main um, recovery centers in, in our county just closed its doors. And, you know, there's just a shortage. And, and so that means that people are dying. And these are people that are beloved family members of people in our county and um, who people who are deeply worried about their family members. And, and we've had a lot of overdose deaths. So we were lamenting the overdose deaths that are taking place. Um, you know, many, many, you know, uh, hundreds every, every day across the United States, fentanyl deaths. And I was sharing how I just came from um, a, a jail north of our town where um, I visited an inmate who told me that um, in the last few weeks, um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a man who some um, blues, some fentanyl tab, a tab, tablet was brought, smuggled in somehow into the jail and, and a guy, um, you know, smoked it and, and then he, you know, he dropped dead and they were able to revive him through Narcan. And then um, like a couple of days later, or maybe a week later, he said four other people, um, you know, they fell uh, down and they were, uh, they were, not breathing and uh, no pulse and you know they had um, they ingested some fentanyl um, powder that had been smuggled in and they were all revived through narcan and brought back to life and you know and had to be hospitalized as well and then a couple of days later there were three more that that happened to and that's so that's uh you know eight people in our jail that easily could have died and he was right there helping the paramedics helping the guards and the paramedics and and um, so that is so sad to think that uh, there are many, many people who it's too late, right? They, they didn't know what it took um, uh, for there to be peace. And, and I think about our own country and just the, the crisis that we're in right now. Um, I, I gr I'm gravely disturbed by um, our President Biden's 
visit to um, Ukraine and all that he's saying to stirring up um, unity among NATO people against Putin and just the warmongering that's going on. And um, there's um, a guy who I really like to read and listen to named Chris Hedges, who's written um, something that I, a talk that he gave in Washington, D.C., um, I think last Sunday at the Rage Against the War machine rally and the war machine rally. And I, I want to just quote this as part of my lament. Quote, we are here today to denounce the unelected, unaccountable high priests of empire who funnel the bodies of millions of victims, along with trillions of our national wealth into the bowels of our own version of the Canaanite idol, Moloch. The political class, the media, the entertainment industry, the financiers, and even religious institutions bay like wolves for the blood of Muslims or Russians or Chinese or whoever the idol has demonized as unworthy of life. There were no rational objectives in wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, and Somalia. There are none in Ukraine. Permanent war and industrial slaughter are their own justification. Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Northrop Grunman earned billions of dollars in profits. The vast expenditures demanded by the Pentagon are sacrosanct. The cabal of warmongering pundits, diplomats, and technocrats who smugly dodge responsibility for the array of military disasters they orchestrate are protean, shifting adroitly with the political tides, moving from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party and then back again, mutating from cold warriors to neocons to liberal interventionists. Julian Benda called these courtiers to power the self-made barbarians of the intelligentsia. Unquote. So that's just part of his talk that um, that you know you can probably find on the internet um, by just um, you know just uh, googling the Chris Hedges report. And um, you know he was um, a journalist uh, who covered many wars in Central America and and uh, Bosnia and lots of different places around the world. And he has a real prophetic voice, I believe. You know so. Um, you know, we were lamenting, you know, we were lamenting how um, our country is, is spending billions of dollars on weaponry. And meanwhile, we have people dying on the streets for, from addictions that often started because they were, um, they were given opiates, you know, in order to deal with pain. And then um, they became addicted. And then when their prescriptions ran out, they went to, you know, street opiates. And so we've got a Opiate, opiate, opioid pandemic and a fentanyl pandemic right now that is raging in our community and um, you know um, and people are dying and you know and Jesus is crying out and, and I think he invites us to cry. He invites us to weep to um, to respond um, not through blaming but through lamenting and lament is something that is critical just to maintain, the, uh, our sensitivity of our hearts. We want to have tender hearts. And so we don't want to harden our hearts through justifying um, the evils that are happening around us, including killing people, you know, killing Russian soldiers, run, Russian young men who, um, yes, Putin should never have invaded Iraq. What a crime. Okay, but, um, but now just um, arming the Ukrainians and making a commitment to uh, fight to the very end 
Um, I mean, we are fueling a war that is t taking the lives of, of just too many, too many Ukrainians and, and Russians and with no end in sight. And what will be um, the fruits of that? Okay, well, Jesus talks about the fruits. He says, um, verse 43 of Luke chapter 19, For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. So um, so Jesus is prophesying what was going to come about in 70 AD when the Roman Romans uh, came and they surrounded Jerusalem and they they destroyed it and they destroyed the temple and, they, and they, there was a bloodbath. I mean, they killed so many people. And um, the fruits of our nation's uh, actions right now are going to come around and and affect us and they already are now with what we're dealing with and just the level of uh, inequities in, in our country between the super rich and the, and the poor and just um, the growing um, you know the growing uh, problems of poverty and addiction and mass incarceration in the United States and so um, you know there's nothing really being done hardly being done to address this problem compared to what is needed and we need to be able to face that and, and weep over it. And I grieve the churches, uh, polarized, how polarized the churches and how so many Christians are caught up in uh, partisan politics, which is just toxic. Um, and instead of being really about Jesus and the kingdom of God. And the whole problem that Jesus outlines here is he says, um, you know, all that's going to happen because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. You know, um, the people that um, of Jerusalem, you know, the especially the religious insiders and just the those who were the status quo people of the day who weren't followers of Jesus, um, they didn't recognize the time of their visitation. And are we not recognizing the time of our visitation? You know, we were talking about this at length today, how, um, you know, how when you're in the throes of your addiction, when you're caught up in your lifestyle you know you may be blind to um and deaf to to the voice of the spirit you know when god is trying to reach you maybe through somebody who's uh, speaking the gospel you know of uh, showing acts of mercy and love and you know because god's primary way of visiting i mean in the case of jesus it was it was through jesus's earthly ministry that was the time of visitation that so many people were missing, right? But how does that, um, how does God visit us now? You know, I believe God visits us through um, our own um, active engagement in the Jesus ministry. We become agents of visitation. We become the uh, people that through whom God visits the world. And, um, you know, I think of Jesus's teaching in Matthew chapter 10, where he says very clearly to the disciples in um, verse 40, the one who receives you receives me, and the one who receives me receives the one who sent me. So, um, and the one who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And um, the one who receives a righteous person in the name of a righteous person shall receive a righteous uh, person's reward. And um, just this idea that if we're paying attention and listening to righteous 
justice-seeking people, and we are paying attention to the prophetic voices. You know, we are going to be hearing um, and ideally um, responding to through, uh, you know, through acts of repentance, through uh, changing our lifestyle, changing our way of thinking, and uh, to the visitation of, you know, God's visitation. I um, had a really beautiful day today, even though um, my talk sounds pretty negative. Um, I, I went up to a jail north of here where I visited a man who I've known for 27 years who's spent most of the, those years in and out of prison. And he is one of the people who has signed up to take our new prisoner certificate in um, reading the Bible for liberation. And so um, he was sent um, all the paperwork to start, um, you know, start working on uh, studying 52 different biblical texts that are in my books, um, Guerrilla Gospel and then Guerrilla Bible Studies. And so um, he received the Guerrilla Gospel and Guerrilla Bible Studies, Volume 1, that were sent into him. And, um, you know, this was my first contact with him since he received that. And I asked, well, how's it going? And uh, was kind of expecting him to say, well, I haven't really done anything. But instead he said, oh, I've been, um, I'm already through six of the Bible studies and I've been doing them with six other inmates in my pod. And he's doing it right in that very pod where all these um, near death, you know, overdose deaths from fentanyl happened. Um, and, um, and so all of these people who are part of the Bible study are people that, you know, that were right there and that witnessed this or, and maybe some of them were, you know, were the very people. And I just was so, um, I'm so encouraged by that to think that um, there's visitation that is happening to that uh, pod in the in the jail through, um, you know, my friend who is quite excited now, you know, because he says, yeah, I'm really enjoying leading these Bible studies and, and the people, um, the men are coming to me with all kinds of questions about the Bible and about God. And we're having a really a lot of good discussions. And he says, I'm going to get through this whole program way faster than a year. And uh, of course, it's doing one every single night you know, leading a Bible study every night. Um, that's going to bring him through 52 Bible studies fairly quickly. And um, and so anyway, that was just a huge blessing. And, you know, so how can we be um, be people who are interrupting death, like we talked about last, last week, through, you know, really being um, followers of Jesus and and going into the places of darkness and, and struggle? Um, Jesus was not afraid um, to go right down um, from the Mount of Olives and down into the city of, um, of Jerusalem. And as he faced it, he, he wasn't, um, you know, idealistic and, um, you know, and didn't have a positive mindset that was sort of blind, like, um, you know, that I think we can have when people say, well, you know, just expect the best or whatever. Jesus was... Um, was in a place where he was, uh, he, there's a realism about him that I think is part of uh, the true prophetic. And um, may we be people who um, approach this season of Lent with that sort of realism. May we be people who ourselves are noticing um, the visitation of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. May we be people who grow in our hunger for the pure living Word of God. 
that um, may that word rejuvenate us and increase our appetite for more of God. May God's love fill us. Um, may we let the, God visit us and notice the visitations. And then may we, may we be propelled into um, active service as part of um, Jesus's liberation movement. You know, we, may we find ourselves um, saying yes to God's promptings to bring the word of God and the light and the love of our Father in heaven um, into face-to-face um, -face encounters, into our face-to-face -face encounters with people. And, and may we also just have the courage to step over the line into settings where we would maybe feel less comfortable. And, um, and may God bless you and um, inspire you as you, um, as you go into these, uh, these next 40 days uh, before, you know, um, Holy Week, um, Thursday and Good Friday and then um, Easter Sunday. God bless you.